0: Listen for God's word. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. First scripture reading today is Psalm 19, verses 1 through 6. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber like a champion, rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Maureen. Our second scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. In the Pew Bible, you'll find that on pages 17 and 18 in the New Testament section. The Pharisees and Sadducees came, and to test Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be a stormy day. For the sky is red and threatening you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky but you cannot interpret the signs of the times an evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign but no sign will be given to you except the sign of jonah then he left them and went away god may we hear from your word the way that you would call us into action and movement in your world, that we would go out as ambassadors of your recreating work, helping all things flourish to the glory of your name. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Red sky at night, anybody? Sailors delight. Red sky at morning, sailors take warning. I learned this adage at a very young age, and loved predicting the next day's weather as I sat and watched the sunsets over the Puget Sound in my hometown of Edmonds. Never a sailor myself, I find it a joy nonetheless to be able to somehow read the skies and connect with the churning, changing, shifting patterns of weather and climate and sky and day and night. Now, we're not too different from these people of the ancient world who look for a sign in the skies, but cannot witness the movements and shifts of their world which are right in front of them. As we look further into our series on flourishing creation, we have to learn to look up, just like these folks, and wrestle with the changing skies and what they are showing us. We watch for patterns and make predictions, set out plans, and most of the time, these are based on the weather. We've gotten pretty good at using tools that the created world shows us to predict temperatures and weather events. In a way, we are very comfortable with change, with the shifting nature of the wind and the clouds. I can tell you with relative confidence that it is going to be partly cloudy with a chance of sun for the most of the day, um, and sun breaks in the afternoon and very little chance of rain. We know this or at least we think we do. So a perfect day for a little bit of Mother's Day time. The challenge of today's text is that these skies are giving us signs, but we cannot perceive them. As well, the world we live in is telling us something about the movement of God, and yet we demand visible signs to confirm this. This is the struggle that Jesus throws back at the Sadducees and Pharisees. Look, you can read the skies, can't you? But you can't see God moving without some kind of big, miraculous event? He, he's saying, pay attention, people. Jesus rebukes the religious leaders for not waiting, listening, and attending to what God is up to. And instead, expects them to, they expect that they can sit back and witness a sign passively. Last week, over this past week, I've been watching the skies a bit more intentionally. I've seen bright blue clear skies marking the warming of spring weather that we're feeling. I've seen ominous dark gray clouds hanging in the distance warning of rain. I've seen wind blown skies with clouds strewn quickly across the canopy as the weather shifts. And I've seen the dull gray of a Pacific Northwest morning sky where if you didn't have the mountains out in the distance, you might not be sure where the sky ends and the water or horizon begins. And this intentionally watching the skies, it's helped me recognize an important thing. The skies show us change. Of all the natural wonders that we've looked at so far, it is the shifting and remaking of the sky that helps me realize but we witness change there in its purest form. The skies show us change. They show us God's heart for change, for revealing a new thing, for showing a sign of the fluidity of our world, the shifting and adjusting of weather and clouds and colors that never remain static, but always change, always lead us forward. Remember back to the beginning of our study on flourishing creation. We talked about how creation can be seen as the body of God. That the world and the cosmos are the manifestation of the creator's handiwork, and therefore a reflection of God's body. The physical sight of God's presence is in creation, all around, above us, below us, before us, behind us. So keeping with this understanding of the body of God, we can see that the sky is a place where we witness the revealing, shifting, opening way of God. Like the adage of the red sky, we see shifts of weather and in this, God's presence opening and shifting to beckon us forward each new day. Now the scriptures tell us God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So does God change? That question really isn't what I'm getting at here. Instead, with the changing skies, we see that God moves and leads us forward and calls us to grow and change as well. Let's go back to Jesus and the religious leaders for a moment. The Pharisees and Sadducees demanded a sign from the heavens. In the first century's view of the world, their cosmology, to understand the cosmos and relatedness to earth the skies, the heavens, the stars, people were looking to the skies as something beyond their physical world and expecting the skies or the heavens to be the sight of God revealing God's self. And there's good reason for this. God's presence had been revealed to the Hebrew people through cloud and pillar of fire, wind and rain. God had taken the prophets up into the air their mystical departure from the physical world to become one with their creator. The skies are important because they're not just atmosphere, but they're the veil between our world and the world of God. This is how we would have understood this. Now, we know a lot more about atmosphere these days, the skies and what is beyond, but still we look to the heavens with wonder, don't we? We look for what is coming, what is beyond us. And this is where Jesus is frustrated. He says, yes, you look at the skies for signs, but what he's longing for them to be able to do is to actually see change happening right in front of them, for them to welcome it and participate in it. If God sends a sign in the form of a Messiah bringing good news, but the people demand uh, signs from the sky still, it seems that they're missing the point. Jesus responds with frustration, and then, as the passage closes, he went away and left them. You can feel his exasperation, can't you? Now, we wouldn't do our study uh, justice this morning without attending to Jesus' comment about the sign of Jonah. So let's take a moment and remember the story of the prophet Jonah sent to the great city of Nineveh to warn of God's judgment. Jonah gets sidetracked, goes out on some stormy seas. You might remember something about a whale. And then he's finally spit up onto, the, ocean, onto the, the shoreline and begrudgingly goes on to Nineveh. In Jonah chapter 4, we find Jonah grumpy with God, that after Nineveh does respond positively to the call of repentance, Jonah sits down in the sun in the afternoon, and God gives him shade with a bush. The bush grows up, And shades him in the heat of the day but it withers away from a worm infestation the next morning and jonah remains grumpy jonah felt the sense that the planned retribution for nineveh was justified it seems first he ran away from the call to speak prophetically to those people and then he grows frustrated with god that god does not destroy them But God actually changes God's mind, and the city receives grace. The bush, which shelters and then withers, is a sign to Jonah. God's plans, God's work, are not dependent on the feelings of this prophet. God planted the bush. God made the worm. God is at work, and it's not up to Jonah what God does. It's Jonah's job to pay attention and see what God is doing. The sign that the bush illustrates is Jonah's disconnection from the change that God is creating for Nineveh. And so Jesus uses this sign to speak to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And we see him calling them to pay attention to the signs of their times, what is right in front of them, and how God is calling the people to repentance and new life and not to keep demanding signs from the skies the sign of jonah is a picture of the frustration of god the exasperation of christ looking at his people and seeing that they're missing it change is happening and they can't see it so skies show us change in a way nothing else in creation does in the skies we don't need signs We have wonders to witness that show us the true unfolding revelation of what God is up to. Now, I want us to think about our lives for a moment. Think about the last couple of years for a moment. Think of the immense change that we've been invited to. Our world is shifting. Certainly due to the coronavirus pandemic, there are shifts in our way of life. But on the whole, I'm speaking of something more completely uh, full going on. We see it in the calls and the unrest around racial justice for the black community in the United States. We see it in the political division in our nation's capital. We see it in the advent of new technologies that make our ability to connect with one another easier and different. We feel it in the change of our climate, the created order groaning, and we witness the change as a possibility for what may be an opportunity to restore the hopes of that creation. We see change as young people grow and our elders pass. To witness our world is like watching the shifting skies. If we see all of this and still demand a sign from God, about how we, the people of Jesus, are called to respond, then I dare say that like the Pharisees and Sadducees and Jonah, we're missing the point. God is at work in this change, and if we do not recognize it, we miss an opportunity to participate in God's redeeming action. Not missing out entirely as the invitation from God continues to come, but missing out and expecting that God is up to something and will show up somewhere in our world simply because we struggle to see God showing up already. Now I have great hope for the people of God in this season. Why? Because I see among us a willingness to change. Let's take our congregation's life together as a good example. In seminary and pastoral training, I learned a funny quip uh, that gets to the heart of change resistance in the church the last words of a dying church we've never done it that way before this is change resistance to a t now when i began my call here at st james presbyterian just over four years ago our church was in a phase of reconsidering who we were to be now and how to maintain what we have had for so long while finding a way to thrive in the present many programs and offerings of our church have shifted and changed and grown over these last few years and none of those changes have happened simply by holding on to the way we've always done things we can't do that it doesn't last change and adaptation have to happen and we've seen this think Think for a moment about five years ago. All of us, think about this. Did you think there's any chance that the majority of our congregation would be Zooming into Sunday morning worship and utilizing these online services to participate and stay engaged? Did did you ever think, those of you who are on Zoom, did you ever think you would be as good at this as you are? (laughs) Did you ever want to be? No. (laughs) We've done something. We've changed. The signs of the times the shifting of the winds the sky view we have has called us into that change for the sake of our congregational flourishing for the future the movements of today's skies are a metaphor for the movement of our world and the question for us becomes not can i predict and manage what is coming but rather what tools people and gifts of god do we need to live in this changed world now It's not about how we protect from the change. Rather, it's how do we faithfully live into the change. Think of the sky and the wind and the weather, and we know that as we watch birds fly, that they use the shifting winds and the matter of their space in the sky to adapt and travel. A headwind might blow against a bird in flight, but they have the ability to adapt against that and to use it as an opportunity to go forward. Change produces resistance in us, perhaps, and like Jonah, we feel it. But change is an opportunity to propel forward into what God is leading us to. And as we've joined in with this change, friends, we've discovered that it is rich with life and full of new possibilities. Think of the turmoil and disruption I just named that we're experiencing in our world right now. Are these struggles not the site of possibility for a new way forward? Think about the example of the fight for racial justice in the U.S. Is this rising movement not an opportunity for change? Isn't it an invitation to the white church who has historically been oppressive and or silent in this conversation? Isn't it an invitation now to speak up, to stand with, to change our posture, to step into the work? We've never done it that way before. But what if we did? Or think about it in climate action. We're learning to adjust our patterns of life to be more sustainable. We've never done this before, but now is the time. Or think of the full blessing and affirmation of the LGBTQ communities around us. Years ago, the church would say, well, we've never done that before. But now we say proudly that a faith community can be a place of acceptance and love, and we recognize the deep blessing and benefits of our life together by not excluding but by including all this is what change looks like when i look up at the sky i want us to ask god what are you showing me don't demand signs the signs are there may the sky itself be a picture of the body of god which reminds us that god is moving god is calling and god is active in our world Now, as with each week in this series, I invite you all to step outside this week and take in the sky. See it in the morning, see it throughout the day, see it in the dark of night. Witness change firsthand and pray and seek God's voice there. What is God? Inviting us to, as we witness the sky's beautiful change. Go, friends, into the world to witness God's changing work. And may we find our way to participate in it. Amen.